Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're at the comic Elise Morales. Elise Morales, how the hell are you? I'm good. Excited to be here. Oh, good. And well, I'm excited to have you on here because you Virtually, are Virtually, vo- of course. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> the only way to do it because your voice is famous. You were on a couple, you voiced a couple pretty, uh, pretty big old uh, cartoons, don't you? I do. Um, I, I've been working on uh, Showtime's Our Cartoon President for like a year and a half now. I play Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on that, which is very wow. fun. And um, I'm actually doing voices on a new show that's on CBS All Access. That's their streaming platform called Tuning Out the News. And I play a character named Lila Moreno on that. And is that, um, that's political too? Yeah. So Tuning Out the News is actually really fun. Um, Stephen Colbert is executive producer on both of those shows. And Tuning Out the News... I feel like really picks up a lot of where the old Colbert Report left off. It's um, every day. It's a different fake morning show. It's a cartoon, and we actually record it. Um, we record it and release it like within 24 hours. So it's really crazy. Oh, wow. It's responsive to the news of that day. Uh, and the little fake news show that I am on is called Virtue Signal, which is sort of a parody of those like round table pundit shows where the the hosts are like just really like to pat each other on the back for being like the wokest person in the room kind of a thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think there's a lot of virtual virtue signaling going on on twitter too i think absolutely yeah. yeah so our show is um it's really focused on like cultural issues like who's being canceled and <laughs> uh, stuff stuff like that uh, more than like the news news and then there are other shows that are more parodies of like hard news shows but then you're pretty political in general because you also have the liberal newsletter I do. I have a liberal newsletter indeed. It's uh, it's through, uh, funnily enough, it's through Betches, which is like a pretty famous like website and meme sure. account and yeah. um, uh, just media company in general at this point. But I think they're most famous for their website and uh, Instagram account. Um, but I started writing this newsletter for them. I had, I had been writing for the website and I had always pitched like sort of a political bent articles. And so they decided to start doing a newsletter. Uh, this was before the 2016 election that just kind of ran down. Oh my gosh. Sorry. My computer just started playing something. I didn't hear it on this end, but we can cut okay, that out. Okay, great. Let me and just so turn that... this off on my computer. Okay. I'm so sorry. It literally started okay. playing um, a documentary about Charles Manson. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> can't, can't have that on the pod. No, no. I think that might be Hulu's uh, intellectual property. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I started writing this newsletter for them right around... The, the time right before the 2016 election then obviously after the election they wanted to keep that going and it's it's been built into a much bigger thing now it's kind of a, a an arm of Betches itself called Betches Sup which is like their political vertical so there's a newsletter and then there's a podcast that I'm I'm there are four different hosts five different we have a bunch of different hosts of the podcast I'm one of them 
<laughs> so, if it, so if it's comedy and it's uh, if it's comedy and politics, it's Elise Morales. Like you are, that's where you live. You live at the intersection of politics and comedy. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And, and so your uh, your liberal newsletter is all comedy, right? And so like, what are some of the angles that you're pursuing as far as you know, even with a- AOC? Like, are you able to, you know, make comedy even at the expense of the liberal left, or is it exclusively oh, sure. making fun of the making fun of the right? Oh, for sure. I definitely like for me, I would say one of my biggest comedy influences in general was like the Daily Show Colbert Report lineup of the early and mid 2000s. Like I would always just watch them back to back. And so I try to live in that space. You know, personally, I am a progressive person. That's where my politics stands. I think the company in general and the newsletter is not pro the current occupant of the White House. (laughs) But that said, uh, I'm under, like, I don't feel like I have to pull punches when it comes to talking about people on the left who I don't think are doing the right thing or, you know, when we were going through the primary and stuff like that, uh, I don't, I don't feel nervous that I can't say, like, if Joe Biden makes a mistake or a gaffe, which, you know, is something that happens from time to time. <laughs> yeah. But, but even that is something that would be acceptable to the progressive left. But, yes. like, could you take the piss out of, like, Jill Stein or something for, you know, handing the handing the election to Trump? Oh, for I think for sure in, in the SUP, I mean... It's tough. Like, obviously, if you're living in the political space, you are you are going to get feedback either from people (laughs) not 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 liking what the newsletter is saying from the right or there. You know, there are a lot of progressives where I would say the newsletter. I think the newsletter lives in like a progressive space, but it maybe doesn't go as far as other leftist organizations and podcasts and stuff. so you you can definitely kind of face incoming from both sides uh, yeah. but we try to you know well I try to I guess tell it like it is for lack of a better phrase so if I see something that I think is bs I'll say it whether it if be- you, yeah if you see something you say something exactly and so, like, you know, what about something like AOC would be, you know, she doesn't really misstep a lot. I mean, is there anything she's done so far that could be uh, could be made fun of? And and I say, and, and please tell me this in the voice of AOC. OK, so what I will say is that I think that AOC and I sound very similar in general, but she's like um, she's very direct. So she's going to tell you exactly what's happening and um, and we need to be clear about this. And she's going to cut through the BS. That's kind of her <laughs> deal. And she has she has vocal fry and sort of a millennial affect to her voice as well. She's the youngest member of Congress, so that makes sense. Um, so I think like on the show, that's kind of definitely the places where we poke fun at her. Just kind of looking at like what it means to be the youngest member of Congress and kind of how, uh, like the, the Instagram lives of it all and that she can kind yeah. of get caught up in like the meme world of whatever. And I don't even necessarily think that that's bad. Like, I think that's a way to draw young people into politics and that's she's 30, I'm 30. Like that's authentic to the life she's living, but it, yeah. it is like, 
I think that's a fun place to play in doing a character of her is like all the like it's like oops I'm hanging out with Jonathan Van Ness didn't you know or like <laughs> that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I'm interested in like you know because you have to you know you're pretty nuanced with your comedy to be able to I don't know churn out a, a consistent you know a, a quantity of quality a quantity of quality comedy, your writing and your performance has to be highly nuanced to make sure you can come at it from a, a number of angles. But And so looking at some of the jokes at Trump's expense, like which of those strike you as too easy even to turn into your editor? At this point, like stuff about the hair and stuff about his orangeness is just, played out that's not to say that his hair looks good or that he is not orange it's just like, <laughs> at this point we kind of know um yeah there's like it's interesting with him because um that stuff is it, it is crazy that he has this spray tan and he has this crazy hair and that his diet is insane. And like, yeah. there's a lot of weird stuff about him that is objectively weird. But I do think at this point, in my opinion, pointing out the things that he's doing politically that are harmful and like his faulty logic and the way that he tries to present his like case for reelection or his case for his coronavirus response if we can yeah. call it that like I think pointing that out is just so much more important that's not to say that I won't ever poke a little fun at the fact that he I think he looks insane but yeah. so I mean <laughs> but, you, you yeah. think if you had a if you had a choice between writing an article making fun of the whole kids in cages um uh, rationalization by Trump versus you know him telling people to inject themselves with bleach which you don't really think they're going to do I mean you're more likely to devote your next five minutes to writing about the kids in cages because you think that's uh, truly harmful yeah I think it's like if, if you have to choose between one I think at this point we need to start digging a little bit below the surface because there's so much crazy chaos on the surface that I think some really harmful things slip by. Again, like what's going on at the border, you know, we had a big flare up in understanding about it and it hasn't really, the situation there has not fundamentally changed and now there's a pandemic. So right. as, but uh, it, it's hard not to get distracted by the fact that the president went on TV and said to drink bleach, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if, if I had to choose between the two, I would think a deep dive is more important. What I like about the newsletter is that I am able to include all of those stories. And that right. has been really nice. I mean, I don't get to, because it's a newsletter and we usually keep the blurbs to like three or four sentences. I don't, I can't, go all in but I can link to cool sources and I can I can provide people more information that way and I can do a mix of these crazy chaos surface stories and also things that it's like but we really need to be paying attention to this a, a lot of times what I've noticed is there's a lot of chaos going on and then there will be a story that's like, oh, and by the way, the Trump administration just rolled back protections. So for <laughs> To drill, drill in Alaska, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, by the way, now it's legal to put poison in water. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God." laughs> 
So it's I mean, nice to be able to use those flashy stories, like to draw people in and then include those other things along the way. And so, I mean, like it, it, you are kind of revealing the harmful things that everybody knows about, like the kids, like you're really going hard at them because they're harmful, but it's also easy to set them up because people know about kids in cages. But, you know, how do you feel about, you know, taking something that's a little bit more uh, under the radar, a little bit more difficult to kind of understand or place in context, like, you know, like a Jim Jordan doing something crazy in a congressional committee? Like, do you think, it, you know, although it's harder to set up because you have to explain who the fuck Jim Jordan is, but like, are you kind of going there with any of your product? Yes, for sure. I mean, it's hard. Sometimes we can't include like, like there was recently that whole thing uh, Matt Gates, who I would say is is a Jim <laughs> Jordan like figure in this world. Yes, Matt Gates had that back and forth with the representative from Louisiana, and then he was like, trying. He either has a son that he's never mentioned, or is pretending to have a son he never mentioned. Oh, yeah. There was a whole crazy thing with that, and that was something where I was just like, I actually can't get into this in the newsletter because <laughs> it's too hard to explain. <laughs> Yeah, it's too hard to explain, like, all the various details and kind of ultimately as, um, it, it's ultimately not that important to any particular issue. It's just a yeah. weird thing that happened. I mean, I really enjoyed what the, the representative from Louisiana, whose name I'm not remembering, had to say, and it was a cool moment to watch him, like, smack down Matt Gates in that way. <laughs> but ultimately, it's just, like, they're really is no way to explain all the different elements of that story in the newsletter yeah. and what would be, and it doesn't even get us to anywhere that I think people need to be, you know, like I'll take the time to explain a more complicated story if it's really important. Yeah. But that's just like, I was like, you know what, if you're on Twitter and you found this story, good for you because it was very silly. <laughs> and then how do you kind of deal with the fact that some of these things are, um, treated comedically pretty quickly, you know, so meaning it's kind of saturated by the time you, you know, you were, you went to a movie or something like that. And by the time you get back, this crazy things happened, but also everybody in Twitterverse already kind of uh, ridiculed it. Like, you know, the Bible photo op for Trump, like yeah. you know, it was a little bit. Yeah. Like how do you approach it? If you find yourself not at the keyboard before everybody else. It's, it can be tough. It's especially like, because there's obvious, there's the newsletter comes out like Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, it doesn't come out. So usually, like that period between Friday and Monday, like a million crazy things will happen, and I don't get to really <laughs> comment on it until yeah. things have happened, like until Monday comes around. It is, it is hard, and I know, like I'm in the history of the newsletter, I've definitely like made the same assessment as many other people before, just because it's. It's tough to come up with a new take as a single individual all the time. You know, like if you're looking at the Daily Show or the Colbert Report, like I said, like that's a writer's room of yeah. people who can like really go down different avenues. The newsletter is me from <laughs> like at 9 a.m. every morning. So yeah. it can be tough. I try to, um, I try if I can to not dig around on Twitter too much but if I see a take that's happening all the time like the same joke over and over again I will try to steer clear of like that avenue or see if there's anything different I can add to 
that. And I also try not to listen to my other, like, funny political podcasts and whatnot until after I've, like, done my work. Because I found (laughs) that if if I did it before, I just would find that I'm, like, regurgitating the same opinion that I just heard on their podcast. Not even, like... Not even because I'm actively just trying to copy them, but because I'm like, I agree with what they said, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and how'd you kind of end up at the intersection of politics and comedy? Is it is it is it just because those were the opportunities you were getting? Uh, it's definitely been um, always an interest of mine. I've always been sort of a political person. I grew up in the like the suburbs of DC, like Northern yeah. Virginia area. So um, I I would say my my high school was a fairly like politically savvy high school for a high school. Like a lot of people volunteered on campaigns and a lot of people's parents worked in the government in different capacities. And it was, it was pretty mixed also like um, Democrats and Republicans at, my school so there was like debate that happened and there was just like a lot of political activity and being just in such close proximity to DC there was a lot of that and like I mean this was when like the height of like the Iraq war and stuff so there was like me and my friends would like go to protests in DC on the weekend yeah so we were I think I was just, I've just always been tuned in that way. And then in college, I was an international relations, like poli sci major. And I, wow. I, so I just have, yeah, that's always been my interest. And then again, just really growing up on that Daily Show Colbert Report lineup. Yeah. And so, like, do you think that, I mean, what's the approach, I guess cynicism or something like that, or nihilism or fatalism or whatever, like, what do you, what's your opinion on my take, because I'm a lawyer and I can see both sides of every issue, what's your take on the possibility that it doesn't really, you know, your vote doesn't count because both parties get nothing done? Like, it's structurally set up where nothing will fucking get done. People, you know, ticket split so that, you know, um, the president doesn't have too much power because, you know, the Senate will will keep their check on him through impeachment. Like, you know, in, in comedy, you can't really have that mentality. You just have to look for the funny. But if nothing matters, then does comedy matter? Does making fun of something, you know, the, does making fun of the right matter if the right is just as bad as the left? The that's le- a really, left, that's, yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting question. I think, well, to go to the voting issue and to both parties being the same i think i think that the chaos that we have seen in our system and the breakdown that we have seen in our system is uh part of the system and so it is correct to say that like not one or the other party is going to be better at that like we need some really top down changes to happen in the way that our campaigns and the way that just like our government functions. So I see it on that sense, but I do, I do genuinely feel like, you know, the administration that we have seen and the Republican Senate that we currently have has been incredibly damaging on a level that I just don't feel the Democrats would create that much damage. I'm not like a diehard stand of the Democrats by any means. And I, I, 
often find myself disappointed in them for not going far enough in the in directions that I feel like actually the country is very keen to go, whether it be on healthcare, whether it be on racial justice, all of that stuff. But I do feel like a figure like Donald Trump or a figure like Mitch McConnell, like there is a very serious imperative to getting that person out of office because of the damage that I think that they have created. Um, as far as making fun of things, you know, I've thought a lot about it. Like I think a lot about that, um, that rally to restore sanity and or fear that John Stewart and Stephen Colbert had that I like went to in 2010 and, and sort of, I don't, it's some of the, some of the old daily show Colbert report stuff, as much as I loved it, I do think it gave me as a like liberal, especially in the age of Obama, this sense that like the Republicans were just these really dumb 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 dumbs who like go to these go to these town halls and yell but we got our president and obama's in office and as angry as they want to be like they're they're not a threat to our progress and i do think right. that i got that feeling by all the like constant making fun of them and all that stuff and come you know 2016 i ended up being one of those people who was genuinely shocked at the outcome and did not realize that the power as a voting block that these people that I had been, you know, laughing at for eight years actually had <laughs> and that, uh, like, you know, it was kind of a who's laughing now lady yeah. thing. So I, and I, and I um, think that's why yeah, people are disappointed with Democrats on the left and you're surprised at the damage that Republicans can do on the right because Republicans just flex, flex the muscles once they get them and the Democrats just don't. They're a little bit squeamish. But we can yeah. look out for all your product. I follow you on Twitter. You're, you're Elise Navidad. And yes. there you can see all the the many, you know, cartoon prez and tuning out and Betches Sup and all that stuff. That's all accessible via her Twitter account. Well, yep, 100%. If you follow me on Twitter, you will get everything. You can sign up for the newsletter. You can see uh, the latest clips from tuning out the news, everything. And you can order her puzzle book, Elise Morales. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great one. It was really, really great chatting with you, Brian.